Bibles or devices, whatever it is that you use, uh, let's let's get started this morning. We'll get started in just a moment, but let me uh, just say that we've been on a we just started a series last week, uh, and it's really what my desire in this series is that we become fully committed disciples. And so this is going to be a focus for our, our our church. Should be a focus all the time, right? That we be fully committed disciples. So there's benefits of being a disciple that uh, others would not ever experience unless they understand disciple what it means to be a disciple. It was the disciples that Jesus called on. It was the disciples that Jesus used in a very mighty, powerful way. And it's the disciples that God still uses to carry out his plan and purposes here on this earth. And understand that uh, disciples are... They're made, they're not born. It's something that when you get born again, if you understand that, if you're, if you're a Christian, you should understand that. You understand that you, when you come to Christ, you get born again. And, uh, and so you still got to grow from that point into a disciple. And so this month, uh, we're talking about passionately loving God. And, uh, and that's part of being a disciple. Don't you agree that we need to grow into, I mean, just being passionate for God, just being passionate for God. And, and so I started last week talking about what that looks like. And first of all, we need to experience, we need to experience life and to experience life is to experience Jesus. And so we talked that up and we broke that down last week, but today let's talk about the second area that I want to talk about, if we're going to find freedom, and that, I mean, if we're going to be passionate about God, we need to find freedom. Uh, a lot of people are held back from being passionate from God because they're bound in too many areas in their life. And it's keeping them, there, it's holding them. And I hear this all the time. And, and it really, it's really disturbing. You know, when you come to Christ uh, in the flesh, you're not perfect. And, and can I tell you, uh, you, you'll walk your lifetime here on this earth in the flesh and you're not going to be perfect. But in spirit, you're perfect. You're born again. You're, you, you've taken on the righteousness of God, but you still got issues and issues that you need to deal with in the flesh. There's things that have to be dealt with. And it's typically the very things that hold you back from being who God wants you to be. And so our, our foundational text today is uh, Matthew chapter 28 in verse 18. And so let's read and let's look at it together. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Again, this is a commission not only to uh, the disciples, but it's a commission to all of us. And I, say, I made this st- statement last week, and I'm going to make it again, and you'll probably hear me say it quite often. You can't make disciples if you've not been made a disciple. You can't take somebody somewhere where you've not been yourself. And so we need to, we need to, we need to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, God will be with us. He's going to be, that's the cool thing about it. I love when God uses me. I, I don't know about you, but it's one of the most exciting things about serving God 
is being an instrument of God and how he, he uses me in the lives of others. And, and many times they may, it's not a feeling. By the way, if you live life by your feelings or if you live life by your flesh, I feel for you because you're missing out on God's best. And most people, that's where they live. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help you to move from, from that, that natural fleshly realm into, the Bible says that we're to walk by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, we're to be led by the Spirit. And so that's where I'm trying to lead you and help you so that you, you can experience the, the very thing that I'm talking about. It's so fulfilling to be used by God in the lives of other people. And so what I want us to do is I want us to understand that God wants us to be passionate about it. And passion, for some reason, in, in many people's lives, they lose it. It leaks. And, and you can be passionate. How many of us know people that were passionate, but at some, they, 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 begin, to, they get, begin to dry up. They begin to, they begin to drift away from that, and they've lost their passion. And, and we ought to get better. We ought to get better as a Christian. We ought to be more passionate. It's unfortunate, but the, the, the more people that you can rely on are the people that are just coming into the things of God. It's not the people that have grown up and, and they become more supposedly, quote-unquote, mature Christians. And we're wanting to see maturity. Honestly, the word maturity means more, it means to be responsible. It ought to be people that you can count on more often. Isn't that right? And, and so, and the reason is, is that people lose their passion. And I think is because they got hangups. They got habits. They got hurts. They have issues that are holding them back. I don't think, I think their heart wants to do the right thing, but they still got, they got unresolved issues that they need to deal with that's keeping them from what God has for them. And we see that throughout scripture and we'll take a look at that. But, uh, uh, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9, if we're going to follow him, there's some prerequisites that must take place. It says, then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So, you know, we have to deny ourselves. And then it goes on to say, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. In other words, that's when you're going to experience real life, one translation says. We're going to really experience true, real life when we're giving our life away. Guys, I, I want to I communicate this to, to the best of my ability so that you capture it, especially for those that are young in this place. Young people, young people have so much potential. In Scripture, you see God using all ages. But, man, I'm telling you, God began to use young people at a young, young age. The majority of the disciples of Jesus, were uh, they were teenagers. Uh, Mary, the one that carried our Savior, was a teenager. And he used them to bring about his plan, his purpose, and his will here on this earth. And so, young people, the, the sooner that... You can learn this lesson that life isn't about you, that if you give your life away, if you'll make it about God and others. I love it. My, my grandchildren, they're fasting along with us in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. They're fasting sugar. 
all sugar, and they they've gotten uh, they they started eating sugar, and and uh, there was a, a season in their life when they were young that they didn't eat sugar, but they were they started eating sugar, and they like sugar. Most people that eat sugar like sugar. Excuse me, I'm going to have to get some water, but most people do. But they're fasting that, and and, and I think my my granddaughter has a a. a uh, a, a birthday party that's coming up she'll eat some sugar there but but i i just you know just teaching teaching our young people to deny themselves is amazing the younger that we can teach our young people to deny themselves the better off they are we 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 need not to cater to our flesh we need to cater to jesus cater to his will cater to his plans cater to his purpose and the sooner that we learn that, the better off that we are. And, and, but the thing that I saw about this is that we've got to, we've got to, we have to, we have to let go of our past uh, issues in order to move forward with God's purpose and pur- uh, plans for our life. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about what does it take to find freedom? Well, what does it take to find freedom? Number one, you must want it. You know, there's a lot of people that just don't want it enough. Not enough want in you. Uh, you you're, you're, you're content. Too many people content with just average. Too many people content with just living in the flesh. Content with this worldly things that are here. Can I tell you that life is short? It's here and it's gone. It's a vapor. It's, it's, it's soon to vanish. There will be a point in your life if you don't settle this issue right away. Hopefully, it's going to be this year. You don't become a disciple by a decision. You become a disciple over a process. It's something that has to be worked out. It's something that's going to take a a, a long process in your life. But understand that you have to settle this issue, that you want that. You want God. You want God's will. You want God in your life more than you want anything else more than any anything else in your life especially the things of the flesh the flesh will always you leave you dissatisfied agitated it, it will always it will always cause all kinds of uh, uh, strife and different things usually your the strife is within yourself you you're at strife within yourself you're just it's the bible says that the flesh battles against the the spirit and the spirit against the flesh there's there's a there's a war going on inside of us that's where the battle is typically we blame it on others typically we blame it on our circumstances typically we blame it in our on our environments but it's literally it's inside of us and so what i want you to see is i want you to see that freedom is available it's available if you want it enough. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read quite a bit out of Romans chapter 8. We'll start with verse 1. It says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now notice here, according to the Spirit. I love what verse 2 says, though. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. We need the Holy Spirit active in our life. We need to look to him. Know that that's who brings freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law 
of sin and death. In other words, sin doesn't have to have power over our life. The things that kill, steal, and destroy don't have to have power over our lives any longer. So it goes on to say in verse 3, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, get this, they set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, you've got to want what the Spirit wants. You can't want what the flesh wants. And you've got to set your mind on that, that the Spirit wants, and not what the flesh wants. Like right now, I'm in the middle of a fast, and many of you are, and some of you know you're, you're in a battle. Your flesh is crying out. It's giving you a battle. I heard one minister say that it's going it's, it's, it's to battle. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fight you. And if your flesh is not fighting you right now, and you're fasting something, and you're not in a fight, then you're, you're not fasting. And so you, you, you need to make sure that you're giving something up to God. Maybe you haven't started this journey with us. Pick up today. Ask God, what is it that I need to fast? What is it that I need to give up and set the flesh aside so I can set my mind on, on the things of God, the things of the Spirit? You got it? And then it goes on to say, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit are the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. In other words, it kills things in our life. Vision, purpose, kills peace, kills the fruits of the Spirit, kills relationships. can even kill your life if you don't watch it. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, wars against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. How do you like that? It's, it, you know, we can do religious things and still not please God. And, and if, even if in the flesh. The Bible said at one time, it says, you know, you're, you're, you're doing all these things, but your heart is far from me. And, and you're, you're in the flesh, but you, you're not in the spirit. And we need to be in the Spirit. Verse 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors not to the flesh according to, to live according to the flesh. And I'm going to give you another version of that in a little bit. But it says, If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, God doesn't want us bond, in bondage. He wants us free. Again, to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may be also glorified together. Now, I'm going to go back to verse 12. In verse 12 in the Passion Translation, I love the way that it puts it. 
It says, so then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all. I like that. Has no claim on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live to, to live in obedience to it. There was a point of, in time where our flesh just controlled our whole life. Before being born again, it controlled everything. And, uh, and, and we were sinners. We were, we were destined for hell. We, we, we needed Jesus. We still need Jesus. And, uh, but we're under no obligation to obey the flesh now. It's our choice to obey the flesh. And so what's, where does it start? It starts with our want. Some people just do not want it enough. You know, there was a time where I just had a, a severe problem with anger. Now, it can still try to rise. I, still ha- I have this lion uh, personality that can still rise and still come out. And, uh, and some of you have probably been around. You've probably seen it. Some of you haven't seen it in, in, in a long time. And it can still come out. But I, I, I had this anger problem for, for years and years and years. I've put my fists through mirrors. I've put my feet through walls. I've, I've, I've been in multiple fights. Uh, I've chased down people. I've, you know, I, I've been beaten up. I've, be, I've beaten up people. And so, you know, I, I just had an, an anger problem. And, uh, and when I came into the things of God, that was one of the first things that God began to deal with me about. You, do you know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace, patience, love, kindness? Oh, my gosh. Total opposite of anger. And, and, I, and so I had an anger problem. Now, I could keep allowing my flesh to express itself, which was in the flesh, it was a relief. In the flesh, I enjoyed it. In the flesh, because you know what? I, I, I got to speak my peace. I got to have my way. I got to push people around. I got to bulldoze over them. My wife called me a bulldozer. And, uh, and I got to do those things in the flesh. But as God began to show me, hey, this is not one of the characteristics, one of the traits of who I am and who I want you to be. And so I had to want that more than I wanted anger. And so I had to allow God to come in and begin to work in that area. And I know that there's going to be some areas in your life that it's going to take a work, and it did not happen overnight. It was a process. And it grieved me every time I would get angry and allow the flesh to express that anger on others. And... I, I, my want to, my want, wanting God more than I wanted to express that anger had to be greater, and it was. And eventually, because of my want, that my want to please God and to walk in the Spirit and to walk in the fruits of the Spirit was greater than the anger, than the flesh expressing itself, the want for that began to take over. And I, I, I started living a life in the Spirit. And I started to benefit from it. Because I was destroying relationships. Could you imagine? And so uh, we need to understand that, that we have to want it. Secondly, we have to seek it. It's not something that we, we uh, it's just going to happen automatically. We have to go after it. 
Too often, we're going after all the wrong things, seeking all the wrong things. Too often, as the, as the, as the Bible said earlier in, in Romans chapter 8, we have to set our minds on the things of the flesh so that we're not pursuing, I mean on the things of the Spirit, so that we're not pursuing the things of the flesh. See, you're going to pursue what your mind's on. Wherever you set your mind, that's where your flesh is going to go. And we need to tell our bodies what it's going to do. I'm telling it it's going to fast. Shut up, body. The real me, the, the spirit. You, see, you're a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. You're a flesh. I mean, you're a spirit. You, have, you, you live in the flesh. You have a body that's, that you live in, but you have a soul. And you need to tell your flesh what you're going to do, what it's going to do. And, and as you do that, it will obey your command. It will. But you've got to set your mind on the things of, of, of the Spirit. So you've got to seek out what it is that you are wanting. And uh, Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6 says this. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Talking about fasting. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Guys, you've got to want it. Then you've got to pursue it. Some of you, you've got, you've got to let God deal with you in your heart and in your life about bondages that you have in your life. Some of you are not even aware of some of the bondages that are holding you back from being passionate about God. But it's continual in your life. You're, 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 you're want more from God, but it's like, why can't I have, what, why is it? Why am I being hindered? Why is it that I'm being uh, prevented from going forward with God? What is it? You're going to have to open your heart. What is it that the Holy Spirit is saying? I'm going to tell you that Jesus, he approached a guy one time, and uh, actually a guy approached Jesus one time, he's a rich young ruler, and and he says, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, do this, do this, do this. And he was talking about several things in the law. And man, this guy got excited. I've done all those things since I was a youth. And then the Bible says, Jesus loving him says, one thing you lack. You know, it may be one thing that's preventing you. It may be one little thing, one big thing in your life that's preventing you from, from moving forward in God. He says, one thing that's preventing you from moving forward, he says, sell all that you have, give to the, give to the poor, and then he says, then come and follow me. And the Bible says that he walked away sad, grieved at what Jesus said, and he left him. There's scholars that, that say that uh, that he was being considered as uh, replacing Judas as one of the 12 disciples. He, he walked away potentially. It doesn't say it scripturally, but potentially. Historically, that's what uh, they say that that was going to be taking place. But, uh, but potentially, he walked away from his purpose. He walked away from a higher calling. And, and, and if he'd stuck around and heard the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey would say, uh, the Bible says there's not anybody that's given up anything for God that he wouldn't return it to us a hundred times over. 
And, 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 but I want you to see, he was in bondage. He was in bondage. Look, look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other. For he will be devoted to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Now, we talked about this last week. The word hate here means to love less. You'll love one less than the other. But let me read this to you in uh, another translation out of the Passion Translation. It says this. How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate the one or love one less and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship God, the true God, while enslaved to the God of money. Jesus was trying to free him. He was trying to liberate him. Some of you have heard this story, but the first $100 that, I, that the Lord put on my heart to give above my tithe, I didn't have a problem. Some people still do. Some people do hear it have a problem tithing and 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 i understand that you may struggle with that and i want to encourage you to you know get in scripture build your faith and get past that but uh i i tithe from the very get-go of coming into the things of god it said it in the word so i just did it but uh after that god put in my heart to give during a very trying time financially trying time in my life to give a hundred dollars it's my first hundred dollars uh, above my tithe and offering and and I remember that uh I remember how hard it was for me to get the, give that hundred dollars and I almost talked myself out of it and I'm so glad that I didn't and uh when that offering came and I finally uh, released it into the offering something broke in me bondage you know and I didn't have any money and uh, I grew up poor and didn't have any money. And, and, uh, and when that thing broke, you know, and the reason I say that, because you can have lots of money and still be in bondage to money. You can have no money and still be in bondage to money. So it doesn't matter your status. Uh, and, but I, 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 God liberated me from money. See, you, you'll be controlled by whatever you're enslaved to. It will control your decisions. It will control your, the, the, the direction of your life. And ultimately, it will control the destiny of your life, whatever you're enslaved to. And, and, and there's a lot of people, when, when you yield to sin, we don't understand this, but when we yield to sin, we become a slave to sin. And, and sin takes over, and it controls your life. That's why you've got to treat it as an enemy in your life. You've got to treat uh, any bondage as an enemy in your life. This is holding me back from what God has for me. Is that good or what? And so we need to understand that. And uh, Jesus, he spoke truth to this guy, but he spoke it in love. And, and we need people around us. That's why small groups are so key and so important in our life. We need people that will speak. And by the way, you need to, we need to allow God... We need to allow God to use people in our lives. We need to allow people to speak into our lives and speak things in our lives. Honestly, for the most part, I can't. Most people are not there. They won't allow people to speak into their life anymore. And, and, and it didn't used to be this way. It's always been this way, but not as bad as it is in our day and age. 
But if you speak truth into people's lives, you know what they do? They just pick up and go find another church. And it shouldn't be that way. Now, I understand if you're being vicious or ugly or you're, you're condemning or you're trying to suppress somebody. Uh, I understand that. But Jesus spoke truth in love. And we need to, we need to open up our hearts. If we're going to be the disciples that God wants us to be, then we need to open up our hearts so that God can take us to a whole nother level. Amen? Let me give you a, a third thought in, in just leaving you with this thought is that you must keep it. Once you find freedom, get freedom in your life, you need to keep it in your life. Once you obtain it, I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen people get free. Some of you know that I was a bad alcoholic for years and years and years, and God delivered me. And uh, you know one thing that I do, even though he supernaturally set me free, supernaturally delivered me from alcohol, uh, nicotine, all at the same time, one swipe, got filled with the Holy Spirit, God delivered me, radically delivered me from those things, I could have still went back to it. If I would have allowed my mind to go there, if I would have allowed myself to think on it, you know, many times when people are in the middle of crisis, when they're in the middle of circumstances and situations that are negative, they, they turn to the flesh or fleshly things to try to, to try to find comfort rather than turning to God. And I'm here to tell you, you gotta, you gotta keep your mind on the things of God. You gotta keep your mind focused on the Word of God. It's the Word of God that not only sets you free, but it's the Word of God that will keep you free. John chapter 8, let's look at this together. John chapter 8, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. I'm going to pause there for a moment. Let's go back. Or, Yeah, let's go back there. Notice that word indeed. That word indeed means truly. So if you think about this, if there's true disciples, then is there false disciples? I think so. I think that's what he's saying. I think that's what Jesus is saying. If you abide in me, or if you, if, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now get this. How do you know if you're truly a disciple? How do you know if, if, if you're really measuring up to be the disciple that God wants you to be, I believe it's spelled out in the next, in the next uh, verse. It says, and you shall know the truth, the truth that you're abiding in, the truth that you're keeping in. The word abide doesn't mean that you visit it sometimes. It means you live in it. You live in the word daily. Daily I have a, a time with, with the word of God. I have a time in prayer with God in his presence. Have a time where I'm just seeking God and loving God. It's a daily thing that you must, you must do. You've got to want freedom more than you want anything else. You've got to pursue it more than you're pursuing anything else. And you've got to stay in it. You've got to have a discipline in your life and keep in it in order to, to uh, stay in it. So notice here, you shall know the truth and the truth that you know. Now that word know is very interesting. It's the same word that's used when Adam knew Eve and she conceived. 
the word needs to be intimate with us. That it becomes a part of us. That when people look in our life, what do they see? They see the word being lived out. They see joy and peace and patience and love and kindness. And they, they see the word. They see the word being walked out. So what do you see in yourself? To evaluate yourself, what do you see? Are you seeing yourselves continually getting free? Or you see yourselves continually in that place of bondage in your life that you just can't get over? I thought about this. I thought about the rich young ruler. This guy had the ability to get free. And had the ability to stay free. He had Jesus himself standing before him. The, the, I mean, the master was there. He was there to liberate him and set him free and to keep him free, but yet he stayed in bondage. And as I was thinking about this, or as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking that, you know, there's many times that we, we, we make all kinds of excuses because we see it happening in other people's lives. And I know that we're at different places. I understand that. I know that there's some people that are just coming into the things of God. I know that there are people that have settled for the flesh or the life of the flesh for years and years and years. And today, hopefully, will be your day of decision that you're going to move forward. That you're going to get unstuck. You're going to get off high center. And you're going to start moving forward in God. That you have lost your passion. You recognize it. You're not pursuing God. You're not, you're, not, you're not going after God with all of your heart, and today you're going, to make that, you're going to make that decision to make a change in that. You're not going to be like the rich young ruler who walked away. Amen. There's far too many people walking away from what God has for them. I'm trying to hold my tongue. You abide is to live in. If you're visiting, you're just frequent, uh, infrequent, and you're not, you're not experiencing regularly what God has for you. You're either being conformed or you're being transformed. There's no in-between. You're either going forward with God or you're going backwards with God. The Bible says, it, the Bible says that... Uh, we are not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we might prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. We're not going to prove out God's will for our life if we're not staying in the Word, abiding in the Word. That's why Sunday mornings are so important. But more importantly than Sunday mornings, you need to be a self-feeder. You need to not depend on me or Anybody else, you need, to, you need to feed on the word every day. You need to be a self-seeker. You don't need to depend on the worship that takes place. By the way, we have awesome worship here, right? Yes. You don't need to depend on the worship to worship what takes place here on Sunday morning, and then, and, 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 and then that's all you get for, for the week. You feed your body three, three square hot meals a day. For most of you, and one cold meal occasionally at home in the Word, and then one warm meal, one hot meal on Sunday morning. 
And that's just not good enough. You need to abide in God's word. I know this is really exciting. But 2 Corinthians, we need to understand that if we don't do this, we're going to enter into bondage. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not fleshly, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, into, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now notice here, every stronghold. There are thoughts that are going to take you places that are going to bring bondage in your life. And you've got to be disciplined in your lifestyle. You've got to be disciplined in the daily things that you do. And some of you, 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 you compromise way too much in your life. I, I know I'm very disciplined. And you might say, well, I'm, you're disciplined. You are. But I haven't always been like this. I've been, I've, I've been in this process of being made a disciple. And one of the things that I had to decide is that I'm going to be disciplined and I'm not going to make excuses and I'm not going to excuse myself and I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow circumstances to dictate my life of, in the Lord and the way that I, I walk with God. I'm going to allow Him to dictate it and, and, and that's what's brought about the discipline in my life. Every day I pray, you hear me say that. Every day I'm a God seeker. I pray for the majority of you guys by name. Every day. You know it takes a lot of time for me to do that. Every day, same time. I got my same routine, whether I, I, I get to sleep on time or not. It's same same routine. I'm I'm I mean I am I am it's just like clockwork. You you just gonna know it. I'm gonna be praying. Every day I jog. Because I know I need to keep this this body, this temple of the Holy Spirit uh, in shape for God. I want to see I want to see my life walking out its full potential. I want to make sure that I stay on this earth as long as God wants me to be here, doing everything that He planned, He designed, and desired for us, for me to fulfill here on this earth. And I know that sickness tries to attack. I'm never sick. It, sickness tries to attack. It tried to a couple of weeks ago. And rather than saying, well, it's, you, know, every, you know, this is just part of life. Well, it is, but I refuse to get into bondage to sickness. And I stand against it. And I, I'm not saying, and please hear me, because people get, you, you might hear condemnation if you're physically uh, feeling some stuff in your body. I understand that, please. We're... I'm not saying that that something won't viciously attack my body. It may. It may someday. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand against it, and I'm going to speak the word. And I tell my wife all the time, when she st- stuff starts coming on here, speak the word. Speak the word. Don't speak your problem. Speak the Speak the, 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 the solution, the promise over your word. Body, I tell my body, in the name of Jesus, you're not going to be sick. In the name of Jesus, I am the healed in the whole. In the name of Jesus, you're not gonna you're not gonna be weak and 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 all that. And I, there's many things that I I speak over my body because I want to walk in the freedom of my healing. I've been set free from sickness and disease. Amen. 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 Let's pray.